0: Football Social Daily with German Doner Kebab. Get it delivered to your door via Deliveroo or Ubreets. Hello and welcome to the Football Social Daily Premier League Preview slash Review Show. Premier League football is back and so is the Football Social Daily Podcast. We're back up to seven days a week dealing with what is a marathon of Premier League games in the coming weeks. We are absolutely delighted to be back joining you, giving you all the latest Premier League news, transfer gossip, match previews, match reviews. It's going to be a great few weeks ahead. My name's Fergal Brennan and I'm delighted to be joined on the show today by full-time Devils Jay Motti. Jay, how are we? I'm good, mate. I'm good, mate. I'm still basking in that that mouth-watering one-all draw at Spurs over the weekend. Well, you enjoy yourself, mate. And we also have Natalie Pavlek, Manchester City supporter and Manchester City presenter. Natalie, how are we?
1: Yes, I'm wonderful and still basking in the glory of the 3-0 win against Arsenal.
0: Well, some of us are not lucky enough to have picked up any points so far uh, after the Premier League restarted. As an Arsenal fan, I am absolutely devastated with our restart to the season. I'd actually like to go back into lockdown if if possible, but I don't think the Premier League will grant me that. Uh, looking back at yesterday's games, the majority of the matches involved teams in the bottom half of the table and relegation still very much on the card for quite a few clubs uh, heading into the last few weeks of the season. So with that in mind, Jay, I'm going to go to you first on this. Who was the big winner from yesterday's games? Obviously, we had Bournemouth losing against Crystal Palace. That puts them in a difficult position in terms of potentially being relegated. Brighton, unfortunately for me, beating Arsenal that kind of moves them in the opposite direction. Where do you see the, the big winners from, from Saturday's games? Well, overall, I think the big
2: winner from Saturday, I would say, actually Wolves. I think Wolves almost it've gone under the radar a little bit when it comes to the top four race. Everyone's been sort of so obsessed with with Chelsea and with with United and um need the Sheffield United story as well. So Man United and Sheffield United story which has been sort of the surprise story of the season. That Wolves have been sort of quietly going about their business since that early season poor form. Um, and have gone, you know, sort of shot the table and are now level on points with United. So they, they've got a really good chance of, of top four. So, I mean, we're all, we're all so obsessed with talking about Chelsea, we're talking about United, we're talking about Spurs and the, the Sheffield United narrative. Wolves have almost fl- slips under that radar. They've been going about the business and it's a big win that way at West Ham. I know West Ham aren't exactly in great form. They're sort of scraping around near the bottom of the table, but it's always a tricky ground to go to, as I know as a United fan because they beat us early in the season. So that for me. Is that is that they're the big winners this weekend? I think that puts them right in the hunt for top four. And you know, as a United fan, I'll be looking at Wolves and, and worrying about what they're doing.
1: And, now- and can you can you believe, guys? I was just going to say the Wolves season started 331 days ago with that Europa League qualifier. Like literally, they've nearly been playing for a full year. It's it's insane that they've. I think the break has really come at the right point for them. You know, so they so that they could you know actually um, you know have a breather for a minute. And they've obviously come right out of the traps again.
0: Relegation is going to be the big thing that quite a few teams are looking at. For me, there's still seven teams that could potentially get sucked into it. A good result yesterday was absolutely vital. If you're a team that's staring a potential return to the championship right in the face, Nat, you're going to be worried if the games that are coming up, you you can't pick up three points here and there from. I want to touch on Bournemouth for a second because Jay's obviously mentioned that he thinks Wolves are the big winner. Would you say that Bournemouth are the big losers? 2-0 defeat at home to Crystal Palace. We know that home form is massive in terms of where you want to be at the end of the season. They, they, they for me are, are now favourites to slip, slip down. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, I mean th- that performance yesterday, um, it, it it was poor. You know, I think it's, it's probably being kind to them. Um, we know as well that that Bournemouth away form is shocking. I mean, they've not picked up a single point away from home in in, in this calendar year. Um, so yeah I think you know Bournemouth are, are absolutely in trouble and it didn't help them the fact that there was some you know brilliant brilliant win for Brighton and that point that Watford got as well was so so important for them so I think you know Bournemouth are obviously really in trouble but I thought that was a really really interesting game Bournemouth Palace um, in terms of first of all when you're looking at the managers you've got you know the uber sort of fashionable Eddie Howe and then you've got the really sort of un, unfa- <laughs> unfashionable Roy Hodgson um, and, and Hodgson's doing the business you know he's just quietly getting on with it, and he, he looks like he's really in his element at Palace now, um, and that Palace side looks really solid, you know, it looks really solid in defence, and then they've got that attacking flair as well, and if you're looking at the league table, you know, at Palace sitting there on 42 as well, you know, two points behind Tottenham, only two points behind Sheffield United, you, you're thinking there's going to be a bit of a scramble for these Europa League places as well, especially if, you know, our Cass appeal doesn't go the way I'm hoping it, there's going to be a real scramble um, you, know, you know, for those for all those places. Uh,
0: we've obviously, well, I've tried to avoid talking about Arsenal because yesterday was, was pretty desperate. So let's focus on Brighton. Let's focus on a, a little bit of a positive, J 2-1 win for them. That's a, that's a massive result. They've done the double over Arsenal now this season. Do you think they're safe? You know, they like some more pie. You can get a goal. They've got quite a good back line. Lewis Dunk got himself on the score sheet yesterday. Matt Ryan's a, a brilliant keeper. And, and for a team in the relegation zone, that's an enormous thing to have. For your money, are they safe, do you think?
2: bit too early to say whether they say because you know that sort of one round of games goes the way you don't want it to and you can get sucked back in but if I push came to sub I would think they are I mean I do like Brighton I like the way they play I think Graham Potter's come in and he sort of changed the whole philosophy of the the club and he stuck to his guns I remember what worried me a little bit was the fact that when we played and we were sort of we we beat them we beat them quite comfortably but they didn't adapt they sort of stuck to the guns and I think you can compliment them from that but sometimes you have to dig in and do the nitty-gritty but you can tell from yesterday's result for the result against Arsenal that the players are playing for the manager they're up for it which is always a big thing in the Premier League relegation battle because sometimes players' heads can drop they can sort of lose that little bit of fight that they, that you need to, to get out of trouble they've got just about enough quality I think as well and like I said earlier a manager that seems to know what he's doing and has a certain way of playing um, that that I think the players are responded to so they're not. I wouldn't say they're out of trouble, but I'd be very, very surprised if Brian went down. I don't expect them to go down. I think they will stay up, but they've just got to maintain the sort of the, the good performances that they showed against Arsenal and build on that because it is a it's a massive win as well. And the, the nature of it, you know,
0: to win in that that fashion, must give everyone a lift. And the last game from yesterday was Watford against Leicester. Now I'm going to spin to you on this one. Uh, really, really bizarre last ten minutes at Vicarage Road. Leicester scored in the 90th minute. Probably thought they were on the way to three points and rubber stamping that top four position, and then Watford go and score in the 94th minute to get themselves what was probably a deserved point. Um, Leicester, you know, they're up there with with your team, Manchester City. Do you think they're safe for top four? There's been a lot of chat from. <clears throat> Manchester United fans about how they're not safe. Do you think Leicester are nice and kind of snuggled in there for a top four finish?
1: Yeah, I mean that was a, a an incredible last five minutes. You talk about the two injury time goals, but they were two injury time worldy goals as well. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the strike from Chillwell um, was just—I mean, considering it was it's only his fourth goal that he's ever scored for Leicester, and you'd think it was—you know—it's just one of the you know, best strikers in the world would be scoring that and being proud of it. But yeah, I think you know Leicester are pretty solid for a top four finish. They've got the, you know the nice gap now on. Chelsea Chelsea. Um, Of course, Chelsea have got a game in hand over them, but they've got that huge gap on United. What is it like? Eight Is it eight points they've got on United now? So I think Leicester are pretty firm there for for the top four. But I think it was a really, really important point for Watford as well. You know, you're talking about Brighton before and the character that they showed, you know, the character that Watford showed as well. um, You know, that point is so vital in a weekend where other teams around you are not getting any points. You know, that's really, really huge for them.
0: Right, just before we take a quick break, I'm going to put you both on the spot. Uh, Nat, I'm going to give you a minute to think about it because Jay Jay loves in our relegation chat. As it stands, Jay, which three teams for you are going to be playing championship football next season?
2: I mean, I'd I'd like to be more original here. I really would. Man United. United. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Liverpool. Um, (laughs) I I I think the bottom three as it is, for me, could well end up being the bottom three at the end of the season I think Bournemouth are in absolute dire form I know form slightly goes out the window because we've had that massive break but you know they've they've come back and they've carried on losing Um, Villa yeah I can't see a way out of it for them I don't know I just don't think they've got enough quality I think they're over reliant on Jack Grealish and Norwich I'm sorry to say because they play nice football I think are doomed so yeah I would probably go with Bournemouth, Villa and and Norwich I know it can change but I just don't see a way out for those three clubs at the minute I know Bournemouth and West Ham are at the the same uh, number of points but I think West Ham have probably got enough enough to stay up and I think Bournemouth just seems to be in a bit of freefall. and I don't see him getting out of it.
0: Jay's right there, Nat, that experience sometimes can be can be that little key in the door. West Ham have got a lot of players that have you know been down this road before. They know what it's like to be 16th, 17th in the table and, and battling against relegation. There's other clubs that perhaps don't have that experience and can get sucked into it. Would you agree that as it stands it will probably stay and the three teams that are down there now are going to go down or do you think someone else could get sucked into it?
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying Norwich and Bournemouth are in trouble. They're, I think Norwich and Bournemouth are down. But you know what? I think West Ham are in serious trouble. And I know what you say there about them having experience, but when is that experience going to start to show? I mean, their performance yesterday was poor. They didn't have a shot until the 49th minute. They look weak in defence. And I just really, really just think that they're going to struggle. I mean, they've had one win in the last 10 league games. So you say they've got experience, but when is that experience going to start showing? And when are they going to start picking up points? I mean, at least with Villa, and I, and I totally agree with Jay. You know, they're extremely reliant on on Grealish, but at least they've got Grealish, and he's fighting. And you know, he, he's. I wouldn't be surprised if Grealish single handedly keeps them up.
0: Wow! So you're going with West Ham to uh, to go down, Natalie? There, bravely risking the wrath of our boss Jim by predicting his <laughs> by predicting his beloved in, hammers.
2: We'll Natalie on it uh,
1: again? That's, yeah, that's, I just want to thank Sport Social. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, nice. <laughs>
0: Well, that's it. That's the nail in Natalie's coffin and potentially the nail in West Ham's Premier League coffin. She said it there, West Ham 2 relegated to the championship. Great stuff, guys. We're going to take a quick break now. After the break, we're going to be discussing today's Premier League games. We've got Newcastle against Sheffield United. We've got Chelsea against Aston Villa. And the guys are absolutely delighted to be discussing the Merseyside derby. We'll see you in a few minutes.
2: Football Social Daily with German Donner
0: Kebab. Get it delivered to your door via Deliveroo or Ubreets.
2: Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode.
0: Hello and welcome back to the Football Social Daily Premier League preview slash review show. Looking back at yesterday's Premier League action and looking ahead to today's matches. Now, It's a huge weekend of Premier League action at both ends of the table. Relegation, Champions League spots still being decided. There's a huge game tonight, Everton against Liverpool, but we're going to come to that at the end of the show. I know the guys are really looking forward to that. But first and foremost, we're going to look at Newcastle against Sheffield United. Sheffield United scored one of the most blatant goals I've ever seen, uh, but it was disallowed. So they started with a 0-0 draw against Villa. Jay, I'm going to go to you on this. We've discussed Sheffield United quite a few times on the show and if they're in a position to get to Europe and... Are they going to miss out? Have they got the legs for the last few weeks of the season? Do you still feel that they're there for a Europa League spot? Or do you think they might just get squeezed out of it?
2: Well, no, I mean, like you mentioned, I mean, they were very unlucky, weren't they, the other day? They should have, have won. It was a goal that, that should have stood. And for the first time, was it Hawkeye didn't work or oh, there was a mix up there, which is, I think, they did. They, they, they put out a statement saying it's the first time in 9,000 games or something. It's not not worked the way it should. So they were, they were hard done by. And for me, with Sheffield United, I always get the sort of, the, the, a touch of the Leicester a few years ago feeling you know where everyone expected him to tail off and sooner or later the bubble's going to burst and they're going to you know they're going to get one or two injuries or the game's are going to catch up with them but they just keep going and Na- you know Natalie mentioned before about how a break can come at the right time for for certain teams and came at the right time for Wolves and I think that might have done Sheffield United a little bit of a good they've a little bit of good we've had this break they've come back they've looked pretty decent I know they did, they, they got a draw but like I said it should have been a win They've got enough quality there. And they've got a system that works for them. I mean, Sheffield United. I think that their goal scoring record is is pretty shocking. I think they score like it's basically little thirty. Is it thirty goals they've scored this season? And they're sitting in seventh, which is is pretty remarkable when you look at the teams around them and some of the other teams as well. So, I, I'm I'm pretty uh, worried about Sheffield United as a, United, a Manchester United fan because I think they can keep going I really do and I think that I wouldn't be surprised if they're in that conversation not just for Europa League I think they should be looking at it and thinking we should be going we, we've got a chance of top four we should go for this because you know it pay me to say if they got it instead of United, Man United but it would be a very romantic tale this you know the story of, of a small club like Sheffield United who haven't spent a lot of money managing to gatecrash the, the Champions League party and the manager Chris Wilder he's, he's great he knows what he's doing everyone likes him he's that sort of likeable character who tells it how it is um, and I think they've got a tight-knit sort of team there and a squad that's doing really well Dean Anderson of course Manchester United loney, which <laughs> the irony is he could help them get to top four which would just be the salt in the wound so no I, I think Sheffield United are going to keep going and I, I'm looking at them with, with real worry from a Manchester United point of view because I think they've got real
0: momentum as well you know they were in good form before the break and and I don't see them tailing off after it Now obviously Sheffield United's been a team that we've we've all talked about quite a few times on the podcast and and how we've all been impressed with Wilder and, and what he's done and so many players that have proved they can cut it at Premier League level This is exactly the type of game, albeit away from home at Newcastle, that they need to win. They need to show that they can go to teams that they probably expected to be fighting against at the start of the season and win away. Would you follow Jay's line that you think they're going to stay the course and get Europe?
1: Yeah, and obviously as a City fan I'm a big Sheffield United fan now given the fact that they were the only club in the top 10 that didn't go against us for the um for this Cass Appeal situation that we were in. So obviously every City fan in the land wants <laughs> Sheffield United to get up there and get get above them all and you know certainly get above Chelsea and United that would be wonderful. Um, but yeah, this is a game that Sheffield United are, are really need to be looking for three points for. Obviously the the Newcastle situation is still so weird with this takeover just kind of like going on and, and, and on and on and um Steve Bruce is kind of always in this enviable position where if he loses a game he's going to lose his job and I think that that just can be must be hugely unsettling um, for for any team. Um, so although yes, yeah, Sheffield United don't score a lot of goals, it's nuts really when you when you when you think about it. Um, but they don't concede. I mean, they've conceded twenty five goals all season, which is the second best in the league behind Liverpool. Um, you know, they, they just don't concede. They're so solid in defence. So I mean, this is probably going to be a really dull game. It's going to probably be nil nil or one all. But Sheffield United realistically need to be going in for the win.
0: Yeah, I think I'd agree. When you think of what they've done so far this season and Newcastle are an interesting one, Jay. They look safe. They don't look to be getting sucked into a relegation battle. Obviously, as Nat mentioned, this endless takeover bid doesn't seem any closer to being completed, but they should be fine. I can't really see them troubling the Europe spots. Do you think this is just a case of drifting along until the end of the season? 100%. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Nat. I do feel
2: sorry. I like Steve Bruce. Obviously, he's a former Manchester United captain. Um, and I don't think he does get any credit. And everyone's, like Nat said, he's sort of expecting the wheels to come off at Newcastle. And it's like, sooner or later, they're going to get, you know, a few losses and then get got sucked in. But he's just kept going. He's had some big results. The Beatles, of course, um, earlier in the season. So, yeah, I, I do see him just sort of chugging along. I don't see them moving up the table I don't see him getting dragged into the relegation battle and I think Newcastle fans will probably hate me Newcastle United fans will probably hate me for saying this but I think that's probably what you know the best of Newcastle United realistically should be hoping for they haven't spent a lot of money the the, the money they did spend on like the likes of Joe Linden didn't work out so I think you've got to be realistic you know wh- where did you expect to finish this season did you really think you were going to be troubling the top half of the table probably not I think avoiding relegation was was the main um the main sort of goal and that's that's what they seem to have done so I think Bruce deserves credit for working with a, a, a relatively small budget and doing well with it.
0: Right Jay, hang your hat on a prediction, how do you see this one panning out this afternoon? I'm going to go for a gritty Sheffield United win one nil. Okay, uh, Nat, would you follow that? You said before you don't see this being a particularly exciting match. How do you see it uh, ending? Give us, a, give us a score prediction.
1: I'm going with Jay as well. I'm going to say say one nil and um, yeah, an optimistic one nil. Go Sheffield United.
0: Okay, fair enough. Go Sheffield United. Right, uh, from one European contender to another, Chelsea against Aston Villa. Real contrasting fortunes ahead of this game. Aston Villa battling to stay in the Premier League, and Chelsea looking to preserve their position in the top four. Jay. Chelsea have been built up as United's main rival for that final fourth spot to get into the Champions League uh, Cass appeal dependent for Manchester City do you see it that way do you think Chelsea are the team that United need to stop or that United need to better if they want to get into top four
2: yeah I do I mean we had a massive result um, just before the break break a few weeks before the break at Stanford Bridge when we won there that gave us a real hope of the top four Um, I think the the, the break for United didn't come at the right time I think we had that momentum Chelsea had been patchy since uh, the turn of the year but I know obviously you can't play but the signing of Timo Werner is a big boost for them I think that sort of gives everyone a lift and puts everyone on on notice almost and says like you know we are building we are moving forward and and we are spending money again Um, so yeah I've always looked at Chelsea and thought that it's between us and them almost between top I know I mentioned Wolves as well earlier but I think if you I think if you finish above Chelsea the likelihood is you're gonna finish in the top four. It's it's a massive game for, for, for them and it's a massive game from a United point of view as well because obviously they're already, I think, is it two points above us? If yeah. they win this, they go five points above us and the, the games are sort of we're running out of games, if you will. Um so yeah, it's it it's it's difficult because there's been a sort of contrasting fortunes with Chelsea throughout this season. They started off um at the very beginning of the season obviously they lost 4-0 at Old Trafford they got beat by Liverpool in the Super Cup and people were sort of already questioning Lampard and his, his faith in youngsters and is this the right way and will this work and they had the transfer ban and then Sammy Abrams started scoring goals Mason Mount was playing well it all started sort of clicks into gear and everyone was loving him they came they became this really likeable Chelsea and then they sort of plateaued a little bit but you know you can't can't dispute what he's done there he's done a good job I think most Chelsea fans would be very happy with what Frank Lampard's done and I think that I think personally I think that, you know they can get results today and it's going to make it very difficult for, for us to catch them it's not over by any stretch of the imagination in terms of the top four race but Chelsea are looking favourites for it no doubt
0: about that Nat, speaking as a purely neutral Manchester City fan who has no opinions on <laughs> Manchester United whatsoever, you, you'll be looking at this race and thinking, hmm, who do I dislike more that could get into the Champions League? Where, where do you see this panning out? Obviously, United, prior to lockdown, were a team in form and, and looked like they were going to pull Chelsea back. Um, but Chelsea, as, as Jay mentioned, had a really good start to the season. These young players are going to be coming back refreshed. Where do you see this going?
1: Isn't it weird though? Jay mentioned it. Chelsea kind of became likable at a point this season, and that's that's really weird. You know, Frank Frank Lampard obviously is such a likable guy, and um, you know he, he was so well received when he when he played at City as well. And despite the fact that he played at us, he still manages you know to go back to Chelsea and, and be an absolute club legend as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, when, when you, you you're absolutely right, Fergal. When I'm looking at it, I want Wolves and Sheffield United to storm up the table clearly, and you know Leicester third, Wolves fourth, Sheffield United, fifth, that would be the dream for me. Um I think what's going to be interesting today is the fact obviously that Villa have already played a game. Um I do think that that will go in their favor today. Although we did, you know, obviously we've seen it with City, we, you know, and a couple, you know, a couple of other clubs come right out of the traps as if there'd been no no break, but I do think that the fact that Villa have already played will will help them. But you would think that Chelsea um are going to have enough today to beat Villa. I mean Villa have got a horrendous record against the top six sides and Chelsea have firmly got their eyes set on this Champions League place.
0: I think that's quite true. And obviously, Jay, you've tipped Villa to go down, despite, you know, Jack Grealish and one or two others in their best efforts. In terms of the game today... Aston Villa are going to be looking to, to start with a bit of a bang. In terms of a prediction where do we see this one going? Do you think Villa have got a chance of, of maybe getting a result and putting Chelsea on the back foot for a top four spot and, and maybe bringing United back into it or do you think it'll be straightforward for, for Frank Lampard's side?
2: Uh, it pains me to say I think it'll be pretty straightforward for Frank Lampard's side. I just, I just don't think Villa have got the quality and they're in the, you know, before the break they're in an absolute free fall I mean yeah they've picked up a point since they've come back but was that enough? Is that enough for them? You know, probably not. I think if they did get resources, obviously a massive boost. I just don't think, I just can't see him getting one, if I'm being honest. I think Chelsea have just got, got too, too much quality. They've just got too many good players to, to counteract Villa. And yes, you know, we know on his day Jack, Jack Grealish can be world class. He can be one of the, the players that can make something happen and create something out of nothing. But it's just it's so reliant on him, whereas Chelsea have got several different options as well. So I can't see him past the Chelsea
0: win. I really can't. Matt, would you follow that? three points for Chelsea you know getting them nice and solid
1: into the top four do you hold out any hope for Villa getting a result? I mean, probably not. Realistically, probably not. Um, Yeah, you're thinking it's probably going to be a pretty straightforward win for Chelsea. And also, I'm excited to see what Jack Grealish does with his hair today as well. Did you (laughs) see his um, his wonderful French plait that he had in in the midweek? Very very nice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think when we all think about what we've been doing during lockdown, there's been a lot of bread baking, a lot of building furniture, a lot of looking after children. Uh, I'd have really appreciated five minutes to to put my hair into a French plait. But unfortunately, (laughs) I, I don't have as much time as Jack Grealish. As someone who's never been not been in a barber since the 90s, I've got severe hair envy that people can even make that decision. To be if it makes you feel any better, Jay, you're absolutely missing nothing. Barbers have changed very little. Trust me on that, trust me on that one. Right, <laughs> speaking of uh, things that you don't really want to think about for you guys, and I know you're both super excited to talk about the Merseyside derby. When I was planning this show, I was thinking, who is more excited about Liverpool being two wins away from a Premier League title, and who would want to talk about it more? Would it be Jay? Would be Nat and <laughs> I, I, I really couldn't split between the two of you so we're going to go with ladies first I think that's only fair Nat uh, Liverpool are two wins away from the title I think we all know and we've known for some time that uh, a Premier League win in for, uh, for front of the Anfield crowd is going to happen do you see Everton potentially at least delaying it for a couple of weeks Liverpool don't have a great record at Goodison Park they've only won twice there in the last 10 years you'll have a different type of blue shirt on today I'm sure do you, do you see them maybe just sticking out a bit
1: of a leg oh do you know what i want to say yes but um <laughs> i think i don't know if that's been overly optimistic i mean everton also have a, a you know a horrendous record against um against liverpool you know and and i think this the, the stat is i think i heard on the radio was something like tw- they've not won in 21 games against liverpool or something like that um so oh gosh I really want I really want to say yes I suppose the, the only thing that you can cling on to and it's those old football cliches and if you were in the um, the studio Fergal, I'd tell you to get your bell out now but it's, <laughs> it's its the fact you know that it's a derby and anything can happen and Jay will be able to tell you as well that beating your rival can be the absolute highlight of your season as they very well know for this season <laughs> oh. so um, if Everton beat you know was, Liverpool I'll give that... you that one that was nicely
2: done I'll give you that thanks, one thanks
1: mate <laughs> thanks that could absolutely make Everton's season so you know who knows the longer they delay winning the league the better
0: Um, Jay would you follow that obviously we know the position that Liverpool are in and they they look like short of an absolute uh, unbelievable turnaround they're going to win the Premier League title putting your Everton hat on taking your United hat off for a second uh, do you see there being the only potential for a result? Nat's obviously hopeful, but not optimistic. Everton, you know, to give them the credit, as I say, their record against Liverpool at home is good. We're playing in a very unusual scenario at the moment. Are non-Liverpool fans just grasping at straws and, and looking to delay the, delay the inevitable? Or do you think Everton, because they're so determined to, to keep that record at Goodison against Liverpool, can you see them getting a result? I mean, I think you've been
2: quite kind of and being honest, Fergal. You say their record against Liverpool is very good. I think they've—is it ten years or something since they've beaten them or? Something like that. I mean, I know yeah. I've like, just googled
1: it to check what I said, Jay, and it's yeah. Everton have not beaten them in 21 attempts in all competitions. They do enjoy
0: so, a nil-nil draw, though.
1: <laughs> I mean, I get where you're coming <laughs> from. Yeah, and the, but this is a derby game. I
2: mean, as Natalie just alluded to, then even when you know you, your team's struggling, you should still be able to get a result in the derby now and again. I mean, I remember when United were winning titles and City was struggling against relegation, and they'd get a result against us. So it happens. Yet yeah, Everton never seems to be able to do that. The best they seem to be able to do is a nil-nil or something like that. And I just don't know. I just I think that, despite the, the the break we've had, Liverpool have just been this juggernaut this season. It pains me to say it, but you know they just had, They've just been winning games left, right, and centre. Everton have had obviously ups and downs. They've, they've changed the manager. They've got a great manager in Carlo Ancelotti, but he's got a lot of work to do. And I just. Uh... I don't want to be Mr. Negative on this podcast. I'd love to come on here and say I think Chelsea will lose and I think Everton will win and all the rest of it. But I've got to be realistic as well. And I just can't see anything other than a Liverpool win. I think Liverpool are in that mindset, eve despite the break where they just they've got the momentum. The winning games, they know they're gonna win the title. Everton have this this mediocre record, let's be kind to them, against Liverpool. So I just don't see anything happening here other than a uh, uh, three points for for, the, for them lot for, for Liverpool. So yeah, it's 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 going to happen and it's inevitable. And I think that that title win is going to happen sooner rather than later. Unfortunately,
0: Nat, would you agree? Three points and three points closer to the title for Liverpool?
1: Oh, Jay's much nicer than me. I can't even say it. So I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to say a one all draw.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. So you don't think that City are going to have to give them a guard of honor when they go to the Etihad? Mm.
1: I don't know. I'm a bit out of touch with the fixture, um, you know, with the fixtures now since they've been rearranged. But isn't it if we if they win today and then we get beat by Burnley on Monday, they'd win, they'd win the league. Um, or if we beat Burnley, they win today, then they can win the league against Palace in their next game. I think
0: essentially but yes, that,
1: yes. But I'm, I'm beyond that right now. I don't know. But um, oh God, I hope not. I hope, I I don't want to give them a guard of order, a guard of order, guard of honor. I'd like to. I'd like it to be postponed past our game, but then again, I don't want them to win it at us as well. Oh do you know what? Who cares anymore, Fergal? They've won the league. That's it. We're going to win the Champions League.
0: <laughs> okay, right. We're going to give you a chance to talk about Manchester City now. And, and I want you to move, you know, breathe, move away from talking about Liverpool. Manchester City uh, is the Monday night game. Now, As an Arsenal fan, I was both upset and impressed by Manchester City's performance against Arsenal. Obviously, David Luiz did uh, City a bit of a favour, but I think the writing was on the wall for me personally before he even got sent off. Uh, Burnley at home on Monday night. One thing that has impressed me with the performance against Arsenal is that Guardiola has shown that he's not just going to spin the wheels until the end of the season because he knows that Liverpool have have likely won the title and, and just wait for the Champions League to come back in August. He is going to keep his players on their toes. Were you impressed by that in the Arsenal game, Nat, in terms of that he's not letting them kind of relax and just wait until that Real Madrid game comes round? The players are now essentially playing for their place against Madrid.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was really, really, really pleased with the performance on Wednesday. Um, my kind of hope when, when you hear that um, the season was restarting again is it's obviously the Premier League season has not gone the way that we wanted it to go this, this season. We've lost more games than we had in the previous two seasons put together. So for me, the Premier League was very much about coming back and showing how good we can be, how good we are, um, and almost restoring a bit of that pride, you know. At least, you know, putting up some sort of last-ditch fight where we're winning our games. Um, But also, the Real Madrid game at the start of August is really important but also the FA Cup is really important to us. We love Cup competitions, we love winning them and before this we loved a trip to Wembley. Um So we've got the Newcastle game in the Cup coming up as well so I think the Premier League games are really important as I say to restore a bit of pride also to make sure that we are as good as we can be and we know who our best 11 is when we come up for those FA Cup games you know, the one against Newcastle and then hopefully if we win that, you know, the semi and the final and then as you say then we're looking forward to that champions league that mini competition that's going to take place in august if we beat if we beat madrid and and i really oh gosh i've been saying it all season but even more so i really fancy us now because i think this one one game competition that's going to happen really suits us um so yeah i i just want us now i mean in an ideal world totally optimistic we go the the whole season now unbeaten and we pick up two cups
0: uh, obviously Phil Foden came on and scored against Arsenal and, and he's someone that City fans um, are really really excited about and the potential that he could be a first team regular next season in terms of the fact that is going to rotate his team between now and the end of the season alongside Foden obviously who else would you like to see in the team getting a bit more football and potentially auditioning for that for that Madrid game?
1: Well I I think the break came at a good time, obviously for us to get our players fit. So Laporte came back. Obviously Sane's back, but that that whole situation is just weird now. You know, he's he, he has rejected another contract. He's done it a few times now, and I think we are just accepting now that you know that he is he is essentially a Bayern Munich player. They just need to sort the figure out. But I would like to see him play. You know, I'd like to see him you know, go out with a bang and remind people, you know, of the player that he is. You know, obviously we've not... He, he got injured in, in the Charity Shield back in August, God, it seems forever ago. I would like to see him play regardless of the fact that he's leaving. Um, you know, just to, just to, as I say, to remind everybody, I, don't, I also think the break came at a really good time for Bernardo Silva and also Ried Mares, who both looked fatigued for large parts of the season which you know obviously comes from the amount of games that they played last summer Um, obviously you know Bernardo Silva playing for Portugal when they went on to win the the Nations League Um, so I think I'd like to see both of them because Bernardo Silva the season before was arguably our best player Um, so to come back now with the rest I'd like to see you know how both of them um, do for the rest of the season
0: And Jay just quickly to touch on Burnley we we expect them to be safe they're on 39 points um, even if they don't get a result against City on Monday night the concern for Daesh this summer is there's a couple of players out of contract that doesn't seem to be resolved Aaron Lennon is, is leaving Jeff Hendricks out of contract and there's there's going to be eyes on a couple of players that uh, will have been interested in teams that are higher, in, higher than them in the table do you think this could be a big summer for Burnley in terms of where they want to go because they've not been able to build on the momentum they had of two seasons ago and, and keep in and around the Europa League spots they now seem to be firmly mid-table not going up not going down do, do you think Dyche is going to have to change tack this summer if he wants to avoid them probably sliding a little bit
2: yeah maybe I mean I've always said that I think Burnley fans and Burnley fans forgive me Burnley fans but I think Burnley fans have always been fairly happy with being in the Premier League I think they're always happy as well if they're in the Premier League and Blackburn Rovers aren't that rivalry is so fierce that I think as long as they're Doing better than Blackburn, they're almost happy. But you look at you know we were speaking earlier about Sheffield United and the way that they haven't spent any money and they've had this season where they've they've sort of been asking questions about Europe and are still in with a chance of even in a slight chance of the Champions League. And I wonder if you Burnley fans and, and even Dice himself might be looking at that and thinking, okay, you know Sheffield United have come in and they they they're doing better than a lot better than we are. I know Burnley have been in Europe, um, we we're in Europe uh, last season was it or the season before? No, last season. Um, but yeah, I think this is a big summer for them, and they they might need to start looking a little, being a little bit more ambitious. Because yes, it's great to stay open. Yes, it's great to be a, an established Premier League club, and you know they have, like I said, had that. What was it? Two games in Europe, or whatever it was in the Europa League. They didn't last very long. But should you be aiming a little bit higher? Should you be saying, okay, now one or two players may go out the door. Now's a chance to have a little bit of a, a revamp, go again, and, and try and build and, and try and just aim a little bit higher because. Dyche is an experienced manager, he's obviously a talented manager, they've got experience, they've got some players there that that know the Premier League inside out. Now, you know, next season may be a time for them to really kick on. I don't know if that'll happen though. I think that deep down I I see Burnley just sort of lingering around that sort of
0: mid to bottom half of the table for for next season and maybe beyond that as well. And obviously Nat's clearly gone for a a home win, Manchester City to make it back-to-back. Would you follow that, Jay? Do you see any chance of Burnley causing a little bit of an upset?
2: Not really. I mean, I know I've been sort of again, Mr. Predictable here. I've not gone for any upsets in any of my predictions. Uh, But I, I, you know, I almost forgot this how bad it is. I almost forgot that City were in the Champions League and doing really well, and there's a chance of them winning it. And I think this season's just going to end up with Liverpool winning the league and City winning the Champions League. And I'm going to have to forget about football for the rest of my life. But um, (laughs) in terms of um, in terms of this game, no, I can't see Burnley getting anything. Um, I think they'll try and sort of stifle City's attack, but we saw against Arsenal. Yes, as you mentioned, David Luiz did him a big favour, but City—they look, they look, they look the better than they did going into the break. You know, obviously we played in Middle Trafford just before the break, and I think they've come back stronger than that. So yeah, I can't see past the City win. And
0: again, apologies for being predictable, but I think City will win. I think they'll, they'll win easily. Well, there we have it. The self-proclaimed Mr Sensible calling a Manchester City win over Burnley and uh, Natalie and uh, Jay both essentially accepting the coronation for Liverpool to be Premier League champions. Very reasonable from you both on today's show.
2: Apologies, you know
0: me I'll try not to be as reasonable next time I think I'm just getting back into my routine (laughs) Okay, I think that's fair enough Uh, That's all for today's Football Social Daily Premier League Preview Review Show Thanks so much for listening Don't forget, we are back to seven days a week following the return of Premier League football If you click subscribe on this episode you'll get a fresh new one every single day You can catch us wherever you listen to your podcasts and if you want to keep up to date with the latest news on your own team simply ask your Alexa device to enable sport social and away you go big thanks to jay and natalie for joining me today thanks virgo thanks thanks for having us on mate it's been a pleasure great stuff guys and thanks for listening and we'll speak to you again very very soon football social daily with german Donna kebab kebabs done right and delivered right to you via uber eats and deliveroo